0: I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money Radio. I have two guests today. I have Jeff Grimm and Jim Whitehead with me. And we're talking about two very, very important subjects that we get tons of questions about. Two very, very important subjects that we get tons of questions about. And I really thought you guys, and, and these these are both seasoned financial guys, financial planners. They they work in the firm. They, they do it. They're in the trenches every day with clients. And I thought it would be appropriate to have him on the show because I really... We, it's two questions that everybody seems to say, okay, this is what I'm looking for, but here's what I got to ask. Number one, the question is, how do you select an advisor, and how do I set goals? So I, I really kind of, Jim, I want to start with you, but when we do financial planning, I, you know, we say that. We go over and over and over. We say, where we're we financial planning from and we have been doing financial planning before it was really the proper or the appropriate or the buzzword. I mean, Jeff and I started financial planning when it was a yellow pad and a calculator and a tax table. But today, when we say financial planning, that's what we are as a firm. What does that really mean? And and help me understand that.
1: You know, Jim, thanks for having me on today. You know, financial planning is like any other thing in your life where you need to be putting down on paper what you want to accomplish. We have so many things hitting us every day in our life that we forget many times our, our responsibilities of what we're trying to accomplish. So that financial plan sets in motion, wherever we're at today, sets in motion what we're trying to accomplish financially.
0: So when you talk about setting motion, it really does. I mean, the goal setting part of that is the planning. You've got a ton of questions that you have to you know, ask the client. So, Jeff, let me ask you this. How do you help a client understand or or establish or set good, effective financial goals.
2: Well, goal setting starts with their current position and moves into what they want to accomplish. Many clients aren't sure of a specific goal. They know they want to retire or pay for a kid's college, but they have no idea how much to save to achieve this goal.
0: So so when you say they're, they're, they're not really aware, they talk about it, what do you mean they're not aware? I mean, they know it's going to cost money.
2: Yeah, they, they don't know how much per month they need to save or where okay. to put that money.
0: So you have to guide them through that? Absolutely. So help me with that.
2: What do you do? Well, we examine how much money they're currently saving for this goal, whether it's college savings, and we, we look at how, what kind of college they want to go to, uh, how much does college cost. So and, so if you're saying Harvard,
0: that's one cost.
2: Absolutely. And Harvard you, is you know incredibly expensive right. versus a state school, which is
0: – Yep. So, which, so you've got to measure that. Absolutely. Help me with that. Help me go through that. What are questions that you're asking them?
2: So what we do is project the cost of education down the road. Education goes up by about 6% a year. That's how it's inflated. And that's a lot of money. That's a lot more than inflation itself. And we look at the the cost of the education. We project it out how many years until their kid goes to college. Multiply that by four, and that's the number they need to get. From there, we move into where do we put this? We put this into a 529 account, invest it into stocks.
0: So you're actually beginning to help them. So I guess – Even though a plan in our role as a financial planner, we may at some point in time help them implement, which we mean we may help them purchase a specific investment. Uh, We may try to guide them through some insurance products or accounts. So it's not just the planning. It's actually helping them implement.
2: Absolutely. It's implementation.
0: Yeah, it's not about the plan, as we say at the firm. It's not about the plan. It's about implementation. Well, Jeff, let me go over here to Jim. I want to ask him that uh, if we're going to do the planning where should a client start, Jim, in his goal setting process? I mean, is there a, is a Jeff talks about college education, but where should they actually start?
1: No, that's a great question. A lot of people kind of start off with what's in their world when they're setting these goals. Mm-hmm. So if they have children, they're going to have maybe college goals, like Jeff was talking about, or or maybe marriage goals, or helping them with their first car, first house. But then there's also the, the big ones, the retirement goals. What are they going to do? When they're going to retire? What does that look like to them? I think, Jim, is, is really kind of where it starts. Many people will retire at a certain age, but we want them to describe what that looks like and, and really get a hold of what that retirement looks like.
0: Well, let me ask this. You know, guys, you're, you're talking and I, and I hear you, but I'm thinking as a client, I'm thinking, okay, so you're telling me I need to set a goal. That doesn't, that doesn't seem to challenge me much. But is it that difficult? I mean, Jeff, is it really difficult for a person to establish
2: a goal? Absolutely. I mean, they they know the general idea of what they want to do, but they don't know how to get there. Uh, you know, once they've started the goal-setting process, the next step is kind of examining the goals and make sure they're not stretch goals. I get it. These goals need to be realistic and achievable. They they don't need to be too small to where they're not going to reach, reach their full potential, but they also don't want to be too large to so where it's a burden and then they give up.
0: So what you're talking about in, from a goal, and this is important, I think, you, I think you hit something here that's critical for a client to understand and our listening audience to understand. It's not about so much that they can't set a goal, because they can. They come in, they've got ideas. Right. But what we try to do with them is manage expectations of those goals. And that's a that's a big topic when you think about it. So guide me through, Jim, what do you mean by managing expectations?
1: Well, there's many times when – I have people come in all the time and say, Hey, I want to retire in five years. But when you look at everything they've saved and what they're saving, they don't need to retire in five years. Maybe that's seven years, eight or, years.
0: Or maybe they don't need maybe they need to continue to work.
1: That's correct. Yeah. And so helping them with the expectations is not doing it the day you're ready to retire. I you guess. need to start today. Mm. Look at what you have, look at how you're saving, look at your spending strategies, look at the amount of debt you have. Put all those things in place, and then we have, as advisors, we come back and say, you need to be saving, let's say, $1,000 a month or $500 a month to hit that retirement goal that you have stated that you want to retire at 65. For you to do that, we need to put these things in place today. So taking that broad goal and making it very specific and making it personal to the client.
0: All right, somebody walks into the office, and they're they're wanting to – Save for retirement, save for college education, buy a new home, save for a car. You help them do something that's realistic, Jeff. Realistic but achievable. Realistic but achievable. Give me some insight into that. Realistic means that it's something that I want to save for college education for my two-year-old, uh, and I want him to go to Harvard, and, and I don't have the money. So help me do. You can't really. You don't try to set up something that's not realistic, if they don't have the money. So you do it, guide them through something that's achievable. Help me with understanding what you're doing there.
2: Yeah, well, when it comes to college, we'll, we'll project out how much money they will need to send their kid to college, and then, and then the realistic part is it: how much income do they make? Do they have enough income to save that amount of money? If they don't, they they may be only save half of it.
0: How do you break that news to somebody? That's good, Jim. How do you? You
1: break- know, well. I have six kids, so you know, I tell everybody two will go to college, two won't, and two are gonna to have to work the rest of their life. So that's a good thing. You know, and, and so the expectations and the realistic part says, you know, I make so much money and I want all my kids these opportunities. So you have to sometimes tell your your clients realistically, let's work on their grades now so they can get scholarships. Let's put them in schools that will help develop them for those scholarships and you need to be saving you know what, the the, the plan says you need to save six hundred dollars a month but your budget dictates 200 okay. Well, right now that tells me we're going to pay for at least a fourth of the planned college.
0: So we may not pay for all of college, but we're going to have some funds to set aside. What you said, the plan may say, and we look at the plan, really look at the plan, and the plan's dictating what they said they wanted to accomplish, but that $600 may not be achievable, and it comes back and it says, okay, we can only save 200 We don't abandon the plan.
1: Right. Not mm-hmm. at all. Never mm-hmm. abandon the plan. You know, a lot of times goals and opportunities changes in life. So we need to be looking at these goals on a periodic basis to see can we, hey, we can now save 220 instead of that $200. There you go. That, hey, one child got a full scholarship, so I can take that money set aside for that, that, that child and put it toward another child. So there's a lot of ways that we need to be looking at this and managing expectations for the client.
0: I know sometimes that we talk about the reality, and and I think you have to – I want to get specific. C- give me the thought, Jim, of, of the specific and the details when you're working with this. I know you you state the goal, as you said. College education, $600. What needs to be done to accomplish the goal? Now you get to that point where is there a timeline that you work with them through I mean, do you adjust during that timeline? Guide me through that next step.
1: You know, plans are always changing.
0: That's a great point. That's, you know,
1: I don't know very many parents who know that their child is going to go to a certain college at the age of two.
0: My dad and mom thought I was going to be a you know a pro athlete.
1: <laughs> right. So did mine. It never happened, <laughs> they, they right? They thought
0: that for about 15 seconds.
1: That's right. I thought I was going to get a really nice car at the age of 16. <laughs> yeah. You know? But the, the the whole point is, is at certain times children start to get their own ideas, and they and then we start to realize what their gifts are. Oh, that's a great point. You know, one child may need to become a veterinarian. Yeah. And we never thought that before, but this child really loves that. Another may really love music. So at the certain age some ages, need to
0: go to trade school. I mean, that's some right. Them, we're really. I was in a meeting recently with a large firm here in town that are that manage a lot of trade people. You know, the air conditioning and right. plumbers and stuff. Uh, And they were talking about there's a huge shortage today uh, where young people are not going to trade school to learn a trade. And that sometimes needs to be an opportunity.
1: Well, you know, in the United States, there's so many places that you can get a great career. There's so many opportunities that we want to encourage our children to find the right one.
0: Well, we've talked about stating the goal, coming to a realistic goal, not one that's not achievable, but one that you're very specific about and that you're passionate about. I think one of the biggest issues sometimes we face is somebody says that's a goal, but they're not passionate about it. And so what we would say to everybody, is this a goal if it's to make sure you have money set aside for a college education, a retirement home, a second home? are you passionate enough to commit to that because you're always going to be given challenges i mean there's always going to be competition for whatever goal you set so the reality is make sure that it's one that you are really you can state it clearly and you're passionate about it, and then needs to be done. What needs to be done? These guys will walk you through that. They go through the step-by-step process. If you need to save $400 a month for this college education or $600 a month, they know how to help you do that and what type of product to do that with. And, again, the plan – As we're financial planners, it dictates what role we are and what we do, and it guides us through the necessities of reaching your goals. But when we go to implement the plan, we may recommend a specific investment or an insurance product that helps you do that. And these products and recommendations are not a part of the plan. The plan tells us what to do, but they're not a part of the plan. They're always separate and under Uh, you're under no obligation, of course, to follow those implementations. But when you get through that process, you're working slowly and moving through what the needs are, and then, of course, you need to know your timeline, how long it takes to accomplish the goal. Now, I've covered everything we covered before. Jim, what's next after they've set the goal, after they've got all the things done that i just covered, what's next in this process of setting
1: goals? Well, I always remind clients, remember, this is your goal. Own it. Be committed to it. Find the things that motivate you to accomplish this goal. You know, kind
0: of what I was talking about, the passion. That's right. Be, be passionate about the goal.
1: You know, and sometimes we need to be reminded of that. Put a picture of that college up on your, you your board at work that, that junior is going to get to go to.
0: When we review with a client like that, we're reviewing this plan every year, minimum of every two years. We go back and we reignite that. We kind of guide that because sometimes over a two-year period or a year period, that Goal may not be the goal. That's right. And so you need to rethink it. Re-go. Well, many
1: times life happens and yeah. we have to be reconnected to what's our priorities. We all get into the hustle and bustle. Some other things that we can do is, you know, remove bad choices. If you find that debt is an issue, stop going shopping as much. You know, limit those opportunities. Also, put some of these goals on cruise control. That'd be automation. Automatically save into that retirement plan. Automatically save or for retirement,
0: In other words, start it where it's not something you're writing a check on every
1: day. That's right. Put, I think that's a biggie. Yeah, I think it is biggie. It makes things a lot of, of a lot, a lot, a um, s- easier. Yeah. Develop great habits. A lot of times start small. Don't try to like Jeff was talking about earlier. Make it easy. Start it small. Get it going. Monitor your goals. Don't wait too long. Get, get it back out and say, am I hitting my goal? Am I on target? If not, what do I need to do? What do I need to change? And then obviously... Always get some help. You know, there's a lot of professionals out there that we're going to get into in a minute, how to pick at a financial advisor, but have people help you with these stuff. Well,
0: you know, I know this. I mean, they will tell you when you set a goal, whether it's a weight loss goal, whether it's a, a change in your eating habits or – uh, it's a, you know, a running goal. You want to try to do a marathon. It's always better to do it with someone who kind of comes alongside you and helps you do that. And that's really what we do. And I know there's, there's that group of people out there, and, and we deal with this. We know this every day. There's 10% of the world today that are do-it-yourselfers. That's fine. We're, they're, they're capable. They're committed. And they're great at it. And those, we know that. Then there's those 10% of the world out there that will never do anything. That's okay. They're just out there, but there's eighty percent of us that are by nature need a little courage, encouragement That's right. and 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 help, a gentle push, a gentle, exactly. And because if, you know, I have a client that was in the office here recently, and I've been working with him for thirty years, and we were reviewing. It's now time for us to start that final implementation of his retirement years and right. he's been very diligent very disciplined in doing what we said do over these 30 years and i i mean it was it was we were applauded i mean you know to him we had accomplished his dreams his thoughts his ideas his spouse was there she's a lovely lady i mean it was his hard work was now being put to the fruition they're you know got 30 years of retirement and uh, everything's going to work. And, I mean, that's a great feeling from my perspective, having watched him, encouraged him, helped him, and now seeing him accomplish it. That's,
1: that's right. a good thing. His goals are coming true.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Jeff, I've got a question for you that, that a lot of people ask. How do you go about selecting an advisor? And the first question, I think that, you know, when you start looking at it, one of the first questions that I think your person ought to ask is, how are you going to make money from my relationship with you? I think that's a question. So let's start with that. If I'm looking out, looking for a, for an advisor, the first question they ought to ask is, "How do you make money from this relationship?" So help sure. Me
2: with well, there are two common ways advisors make money, and these are by fees and commissions. Uh, Fee based let's take investments. Fee based investments, the advisors paid for a percent of the assets under management. The benefit here is that this is objective advice. The advisor can look at the whole marketplace of investments and make a make the correct choice, and he's also not influenced by compensation. The other way is by commission only. Uh, these are earned from making transactions for the client. The fund or the insurance company pays the advisor a commission. The negative side of this, it, it can reward advisor for unnecessary active trading. Uh, this is all, oftentimes this is very necessary for smaller investment accounts.
0: You know it is, and I know the that Finra, the, our self regulated body that watches over us today, uh, you know, kind of us uh, says okay. Um, if you do too much of that, they got a name for it. It's called churning, or it's called where you're buying too much in one account, or you break points. If you don't, you got a hundred thousand dollars to invest, and you put it in four funds. Did you? Were you overcompensated because of doing that? Versus, did you allow the client to get the break points? And I think that's an issue for a lot of people. So when you start out, if you're selecting advisor, ask the question: How will you make money from this relationship? Number two. Let's go to this one. I, uh, I, I think you, you need to start with this. And, Jeff, I want to stay with you for a second. Uh, what standard? And when we say standard, what I guess I'm talking about, there's two thoughts with everybody that we work with. So we ask the question, what standard does this advisor work under? So help me with that.
2: Yeah. Two common standards are fiduciary and suitability standard. The fiduciary sp- standard is kind of a higher standard. This is the investment advisor standard. And in 1940, uh, the Investment Advisors Act established this. This is where the advisor gets paid by fee-based. He can also get paid by commissions on this, too. The the advisor must put the client's interest above their own. It's,
0: It's called do no harm. I know we had a compliance officer on here, and that fiduciary status says do no harm. Loyalty. Loyalty to the client.
2: Absolutely. It's a very analytical approach where they're choosing the best choice for today and the client's whole financial future.
0: Great. Suitability.
2: Yeah, suitability is, it's less stringent. This is, this is often found in brokerage accounts. The recommendations made here uh, just need to be consistent with the best interest of the client. So best interest of the client, that just needs to be suitable at, at that for the time.
0: That's suitable at that, that time. time. So, all right, suitability and fiduciary. Now, we as a firm are fiduciaries. Uh, we're, we function only as fiduciaries. We're licensed in that fiduciary realm. So that's an important thing for us to keep in mind that we have to do no harm. And the client, we're loyal to the client. And that's critical. Not trying to do something suitable for the moment, but it's loyalty to the client All the time, not only today, but in the future. That's critical. That's a very important thought. Jim, I want to ask you this. A lot of questions that come in, and this is one I think everybody should ask. Any advisor they're about to hire, we've talked about how do you get paid, what's your standard, and we talked about fiduciary or suitability. We said we were fiduciaries. But the question, I think, is really to understand what's your investment philosophy. Are you a dice roller? You know what I'm talking about? One right. of these out in the way out in the wheel, you know, no telling what you're going to do. How do you manage risk? You know, how do you make a buy and sell decision on something? So help me through that. What's your investment philosophy?
1: You know, you're right, Jim. There are a lot of advisors who have different philosophies. There's short term. There's long term. There's buy. There's 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 trading. There's a lot of activity. You know, the first thing I tell my clients is if you don't understand what you, the investor, Wants to accomplish, and your advisor is doing so. If there's not, if you're not on the if same page, connecting, on you're same, not connecting, right? or the advisor is making all the decisions, or you're not connecting, then you don't need to be investing with that person.
0: So, so when you say that, if the if the advisor is talking a language, and boy, we know what that means because we can we can really get into talking a language that sometimes, honestly, even on the show, sometimes Keith and I will walk out of the program and say, "Boy, we really talk too much about this and." We didn't communicate it. So you need an advisor who can sit down and talk to you and communicate with you. Is that what you're saying? I mean, That's
1: right. The old KISS approach, right? Keep, keep it, it simple, simple. And sincere. And sincere, right. If they can't under- help you understand what you're going to be doing based off your risk tolerance. Mm-hmm. But, and Keith was talking about diversification earlier, right? Mm-hmm. So making sure the diversification fits your style and then let the advisor say it back to you that both of you are nodding your head, looking at each other going, yes, yes. This makes sense to me.
0: Well, I know, Jeff, we use in the firm a thing called the MAPS, the Model Allocation Portfolio or Asset Allocation Portfolio Scoring System. We just do the acronym MAPS. Now, that's really about our philosophy. So walk me through what do you do when you're talking with a client about MAPS?
2: Absolutely. We have a questionnaire we help them. We help them fill out. And what this questionnaire is designed to do is is level their risk tolerance. If, if they need this money in five years, they have a very low risk tolerance, you know, we're, we're going to be in a MAPS portfolio of maybe income. If they so need this, you're
0: going to invest it according to what they're saying, right?
2: Absolutely. This is a test to figure out their risk tolerance. So if it's long term? Yeah, long term. It may be aggressive growth or a growth portfolio.
0: So again, when you're doing this, it's their decision, it's their personality, it's their emotions, not ours. So the question is, what is your investment philosophy? And Jim, what you're saying is, you're understanding the client.
1: That's right. Making sure that you, the advisor, is working with what the client's goals are. Again, we're talking about goal setting all day and all morning. And so making sure that we are adhering to their risk, to their tolerance, to their timeline, Making sure that their goal is making sense through investing their money. All right,
0: let me ask this question and, and and quickly, Jeff. I want to ask you when I want to ask the question because clients should ask this question: Who is on your team? That's what they should ask. Is it, are you by yourself or is there a group of people behind you?
2: Absolutely, and this is this is a big question I help my clients with because I'm you know I'm thirty years old. I'm not super experienced. I'm, I have not been doing it thirty five years. Thank
0: you, thank you, thank you.
2: <laughs> but I do know that I have a team of individuals that have been doing it a long time, you know, and they're it's experts. Bad for
0: a guy to tell me he's thirty and I've been doing it longer than he's been around, that's not good. <laughs> well, I'm in
1: the middle, so I'm kind of enjoying
2: this conversation.
0: <laughs> all right, Jeff, I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you, man.
2: Yeah, so ask him how their investment decisions are made. Is this made by an investment committee, or is it made by one person? You know, does he have extra opinions helping him make that decision? Also, make sure there's a service department that's large enough to service you and all the other clients, so you don't get lost into the. The advisor's book of business, he has so many clients and forgets about you and doesn't review, you know, make sure he has enough staff.
0: Well, you know, those are key. So you talk about an investment committee or at least a group of people helping you make decisions, servicing department and doing those things. All that is so, so critical. You know, one of the things that I try to tell everybody is, you know, I want people to know that I'm going to call them back. You know, if they start asking a question, I pick up the phone and I call them back. I want to do that within a time frame. So I think clients want to know that. I think it's important. You guys have done a great job, by the way. Great, great information. If you just tuned in, of course, you're listening to Talk Money. My guest have been today. We talked to Keith earlier when he's up in Chicago at the Morningstar Conference. But I've got a guy by the name of Jeff Grimm and Jim Whitehead. It's been a great program. I so much thank you for listening and tuning in. We'll be back next week. Jim Shoemaker and
2: Keith Quinn are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.
0: I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money Radio.